Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Frank, what's happening? How are you today? Great. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow when we're working in Blackpool on North Pier. Our first job, really, our first performance for it's got to be 15, maybe 16 months now. Yeah, you reckon that long? Yeah, well, it March. can't be. December was the last we time finished, we worked. We finished in March. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, December was the, what was the last job December, we did? December, we did Hangar 34 in Liverpool, 18th of December. Oh, yeah, sorry. You know, we've done a couple in between, but getting back on board, so to speak, going from last March when we were working all the time, the end of February, March, to being totally devastation, you know, for, what is it, 15, 16 months. We're back on board now. We start the tour Mm -hmm. tomorrow and then we're away. Then aren't we loads of dates all over the UK? So it's fantastic. Tomorrow is the first date, I should say, the first date of kind of like our, you know, revival. Yeah, well, when you say the revival, like... In in 2020, yeah. I mean, it feels fucking mad even saying 2020. You're wondering what year it is all the time, going like, what the hell? But Well, everyone's lost track of what <laughs> yeah. day it is. You know, I mean, every day at one stage, going back about six months ago, every day was the same. There was no difference between a Sunday and Monday. It was just the whole thing's been horrendous, really. Mm. People just sitting in the house all day. You know, it's just been fucking unbelievable. But thank God. We seem to be coming out of it. Yeah, so we did nine shows before the initial lockdown in 2020. Uh, sorry, 11 shows, nine shows throughout the tier systems, which was just a pain in the arse, wasn't it? And then, yeah. as you said, you know, they were very stifled. And this feels like, I mean, we've got two social distance shows, one in, in Blackpool tomorrow night, which is almost sold out. We've done 440 tickets, so it's a big one. That's it's great. It's a fucking big yeah, one for social we're, distance. We're nearly- Nearly a capacity yeah. of a sellout before tomorrow night. And, it, and uh, then we do Liverpool and Huddersfield. Liverpool, Huddersfield, Swindon, Birmingham, Cardiff, everywhere. And we just announced a load of new tour dates. You'll be able to check them out. Links will be below or in the description. We just announced Redditch. Um, we announced St. Helens Theatre, Redditch Palace Theatre, a few others, including Sunderland, Darlington, all the rest of it. Um, Going to be good. Are you, so are you feel optimistic now? I'm feeling very optimistic. I mean, the way it's been with, uh, don't want to get too political, with the government about lockdown and we're coming out of it, then we're going back in. Yeah. Nobody trusts them anymore. You don't really know what they're up to. I mean, it's only yesterday, wasn't it, that they put Portugal in an amber zone, I think they're in now. Yeah. And it was last week, all the supporters, Man City, Chelsea, went over to Porto for the Champions League final. Hundreds of people fly from the UK, and now you just can't do it. You mm. know, they pull the plug. I've got a feeling that Boris Johnson's under pressure to lift all the lockdown restrictions on the 21st of June. He's going to have to. He's got to, otherwise you're going to get the theatres and entertainment, hospitality, and things are just going to totally collapse. It'll never recover. 
Totally. Look, before we dive into the podcast and into talking about what we've got coming up and, and what we've been up to, I just want to read out some reviews and some comments from YouTube. So whether whether you're watching this on YouTube, okay. do give us a thumb up. Get yourself subscribed if you're not already. Channel has almost to fifteen thousand subscribers. Nice one, everyone. And if you are what if you're listening to this, should I say whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, give us a five star review. Be sound. We've got one here, Frank, from Tommy D eighty two. He says, "Spirit raising." And belly laughs. Five star of you. Smashing podcast, Will and Frankie. Some cracking stories and banter throughout. As father and son, you have a unique and hilarious vibe together and would love to see you both on the TV. Highly recommend, especially through these tougher times. We all need a laugh. Agreed? I agree. And we don't really get on normally in real life. Well, we've got getting on lately because you've started being proper sound. We, 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 we were always arguing at one stage. But no, it's great. And uh, Will is fantastic as an interviewer. Although he's my son, his brain is totally different. He thinks very differently than me. What do you mean by that? Uh, just different things that I, uh, I, I, I that, you know, kind of like... Uh, I couldn't even begin to go into it. Go on, let's go into it. You're very kind of, uh, everything that you do is very, very legal and has to be kind of like, uh, socially distanced and let's measure uh, between one chair and another. I I just don't give a fuck about anything, you know. I'm just like relaxed about anything at all in some ways. I mean, I'm very nervous in other ways, but in some ways you're, you're very different than me. Things don't bother you. Like you've never inherited my fear of flying. Or yeah. getting in a lift or operations or whatever. Nothing seems to bother you in that way. But other things you can't handle, you know. Not all I look I just look at the situation is let's say for example, we've got a socially distanced show, right? Yeah. Tomorrow night, there's no way that we could put like no one else really is doing fucking massive socially distanced shows like that. Yeah? yeah. The only way I can do it is by putting measures in. To control things and That's do things saying, in an orderly manner. If it was you, I you'd just, go, "Oh fuck it, let's just book the local pub and just get like, fucking, like get like like a hundred people crammed into a room, and then like the busies would turn up, and then you maybe, just like bail." Maybe <laughs> that's what would happen. Just like our mate did. Yeah, yeah, that happened to him. We yeah. won't discuss who it was. Say, but friend the busy, of ours who's a comedian, yeah, mate of ours who's a comedian, put a show on. And it was kind of like... It uh, wasn't a show. It was like a behind closed bars behind closed show. Doors. show it wasn't lads. legal. And it got raided by the police. <laughs> they locked the doors. They And it was only like a snooker club. They locked the yeah. doors. Everybody had to kind of like go very, very quiet. They switched all the lights off, all the yeah. music off. And the police were knocking fuck out of these big doors trying to get in. And they just wouldn't open the door. So police didn't have a warrant. So in the end, the police had to go. But I mean, that's, it, a, that's allegedly, by the way, hypothetical story. But yeah, well, we haven't mentioned any names. <laughs> yeah, you get paranoid. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? You're paranoia, yeah. I am not paranoia. You're not paranoia, but you're very, very careful. You, you know, he says to me about my, don't say this. You can't say that. Yeah, because you say mad stuff. You'll get arrested if you, you say, say that. You say mad stuff, and then I'll go fucking hell. You can't say that, and you'll go, who gives a fuck? Then I'll phone you the next day, and you'll go, fucking hell, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Yeah, but Will, I've been... You see, yeah, but it's you that's put me on edge. No way. I've worked on the clubs for 40 years, just done anything that I wanted to, the first thing that comes into my head. Yeah. And it was you that started saying, 
You've got to be very careful you when you say that. We could not sell the amount of tickets that we could. People would just shut us down. We've had fucking trolls all over the gaff, haven't we? Yeah, so- we get trolls. I mean, I hate the fucking trolls. Is that troll? You remember the troll that was trying to close us down last year? Has he gone now, do you reckon? I don't know. And and there's this one particular troll. Who keep, I don't even want to give him any credit. It's just yeah. a helmet. But, you know, come to a show, mate. That's all I'm saying. This one <laughs> troll that was trying to close us down, he's just a prick. <laughs> Probably like a pervert sitting in a fucking bed sit, wanking himself all day. Uh, just a dickhead. So if you're watching this, mate, go and fuck off. <laughs> nice one. Fucking dickhead. Right, we've got some nice uh, comments on the last video. Craig B- Percival said he's fucking crying. Brilliant. Callum Adams, banger podcast. Uh, we've got... Yes, lads, decent. Frankie, this is from Craigie Boy. Yeah. What would the title of your book be? I love your story, yeah. so put me down for a copy, signed, of course. Title of my book would be Fuck Off. <laughs> yeah, any like kind of like subtitle on it? Um, not really, but just like... It's, you know, the subtitle would be Fuck Off. I think it would, it would say, what do you want? <laughs> what? What the, do you want? Why, the, the book title would be What Do You Want? Yeah, because that's I've been saying that kind of like all my life, you know, people are knocking on the door. Or what do you want, mate? What 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 do you want, mate? <laughs> why? What do you want? You know, people knocking and fucking council tax, people looking for money. <laughs> so that's something I've been saying all my life. Yeah. Somebody knocks on the door or somebody rings up and goes, Hello, Mr. Allen. I just go, What do you want, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they go, Oh, it's about this. Te- no, 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 not it. Sorry, mate. No, no, no. Fuck off, fuck off, mate. No. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah. do you think that's a Scouse thing or do you think that's because I know yeah. some people will probably be the same. Scousers are as though, even though they're the, the loveliest people in the world, yeah. everyone's, everyone's got like an aggressive edge to them. Well, we've all not got in a bad ag- way. They've got yeah. an aggressive edge. And I think where it comes from, where it, em- where it kind of emanates from, yeah. is from the parents and grandparents who during the war, Liverpool and Coventry, I think, were the most bombed cities in Europe, okay. Dresden in Germany, Coventry and Liverpool in England. And the people, I mean, if you see pictures of what Liverpool was like during the war, people were just living from hand to mouth. It was kind of like a starvation city. You know, people had no food and staying all night in air raid shelters. Anyone that had a bit of food had to pass it on. So this kind of like culture has grown up where the city's kind of very independent now. It's They don't really respect authority. Yeah. And in Liverpool, people think it's every man for himself. I look after me and look after me family, no one else, and I'll do it by hook or by crook. If it's legal or if it's illegal, I don't really give a fuck. And if I earn money, that money's staying with me. This is the attitude they've got. And if people start ringing up, knocking, sending bills, you know, I've had mates of mine, especially with this pandemic now, loads of mates of mine have just gone, I haven't worked for two months. I've just made my mind up today. No one is getting a fucking carrot ever off me ever again. What are they going to do? Like when like, they just don't pay the bills. And <laughs> what's going to happen to you? Well, nothing happens. And what do you mean? Nothing's happened to me. I mean, Fucking because of the hell, pandemic. Though, you've just said to me last night about yeah. people blowing themselves up on telly. No, look, well, hang on a minute. 
Don't you realise, don't you watch the news? The council tax and things like that in the UK has all gone, it's been like kind of suspended. Mm. But it was last year because nobody had any means of paying. It's kind of like Jordan, it's a war situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like being in the middle of World War Two. Nobody's knocking on your door in World War Two and saying, um, you haven't paid last month's instalments of your council tax on your fucking garage. Yeah, 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 I see what you mean. The desperate times, people are just trying to live through it. Mm. People have lost members of the family, they've lost the job, people are losing the houses, the cars are getting repossessed. Nobody's got a penny. So people are just trying to survive. That's true. Uh, let's let's read out some of these more comments, get them out of the way. So, in all seriousness, though, what would be the the title of your book? Like, think about it. Like, because yeah. we were talking about it on one of the last podcasts about writing a book about your life. Would you have a title for it? Do you have one in mind? Yes. Go on. My life, I'd put underneath fairy tale. <laughs> Go on. The fairy tale. How it only took me forty years to make it. Yeah. I was an overnight success. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go for years without any work. I didn't live alone on my fucking own with no food in the cupboard and no electricity. I haven't been filled in on the clubs. I haven't been stabbed. I haven't been marginalised, blacklisted by agents who never give me any work for years. It'd be called The Fairy Tale. Nice. Overnight success. Love it. Love it. Okay. I'm Mar- being ironic, by the way. Of course. Mark Queen says, great podcast, always a great listen. Cheers, Frankie and Will. John Booth has made the good comments. He says, go on, Frank. Say it how it is, la. London Islington elite woke gobshites took over our party. Ben will be turning in his grave. What does that mean? Who's Ben? Well, I think he's talking about the Labour Party, and it's true, the Labour Party have who's, been who's, kind of hijacked ben, by, by the, the woke brigade. Um, I'm not sure who he's talking about, Ben. I think he's talking about... Uh, Nigel Ben, not Nigel Ben. He's the boxer, isn't he? <laughs> Nigel Ben, Anthony Wedgwood Ben. Okay, who's that? He was a politician and he was a Labour politician. His son's alive. His, I think his son's an MP now. But Anthony Wedgwood Ben, Tony Ben. Um, he was a politician, but he was a, he was a great man and he, and he kind of like brought a lot of investments to Liverpool and places when he was in government. You know. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, there he is. There he is. Looking at him now, Tony Ben. Tony Conv- Ben, conviction politician and old Labour stalwart. So he, he was like a man of the people, was he? And he was, and he was an educated man. He was, a, you yeah. know, he was a nighty sir, Anthony Wedgwood Ben. But he really sympathised with the plight of the people in the inner cities, poor people, working class people, and he really, really went. To, he really tried to help them. Yeah. Belter. Okay, last one. Davy Cavana says, well done, Frankie, and we'll keep up the good work. We will miss these podcasts when you two are back on the road and on stage, and you'll not have time for these podcasts. I hope you have a successful 2021, lads, from Dave the Rave in Scouseland. Well, to be fair, um, that's not going to be the case because we're going to be doing these podcasts every week still, aren't we? We're going to do them all the time now. We're trying to give our fans a little bit kind of, uh, you know, kind of some output. We're doing output so that people can... um, what do you call it? You've got a name for it. Content. You? Content. <laughs> That's so we're giving, one. we're giving people content. So if they're lying in bed one night and they're fucking fed up, they can look on the phone, they go into YouTube and they go, wonder what Frankie and Will are doing and they can have a look. And they go, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that podcast or I haven't seen that vlog. Yeah. And they can watch it and, you know, kind of like feel entertained. Well, thankfully the vlogs are coming back because we are back on stage. So now that that's all out the way, I just want to ask you before we do get into the podcast, if you yeah. want to do give us a comment, we'll read them out. We'll be sound like that. And if you want to support the channel, you can do with the links below, all the tour tickets below, all the rest of it. Frank, mm-hmm. tell us, Blackpool tomorrow night, 
you're feeling nervous, you're feeling excited. How are you feeling in general? Can you sum it up for me? Look, I'm not feeling nervous at all. No? No, not at all. I mean, don't forget, I've done it all my life. You know, it's like riding a bike. Once you can do it, you're always going to do it. And uh, last year I hadn't worked. I think we hadn't worked for six months. Then we'd done the um, Isle of Gladstone, which is Stanley Park in Liverpool. We managed to put on this outdoor show and I was working using this bandstand in the middle of the park as a stage area. Mm. And it was fantastic. Um, I didn't feel nervous and went down brilliant, brought the house down. Jimmy Kilvington, our support comedian, he went on before me. He brought the house down. They were a great crowd. And the only thing was a couple of days later, I started thinking different bits of material were coming to me in routines. And I was thinking, I missed that out and I didn't say that. I said other things, but so what I've done now, I've kind of like uh, read through some old scripts and things. Most of my material, got a couple of hours, two or three hours material in my head. So... Yesterday, I was just sunbathing and things. I took a paper and pad with me, and if a gag came to me, I'd write it down and wrote all my routines down so I don't kind of, like, go blank tomorrow night. Um, I mean, there's ways around it. Even if you do go blank, any comic can go blank when you're on stage. You just forget. You get a mental block. You forget what you're up to, and then you've got to go into the audience then. Okay. And take the piss or get somebody up. You know, those nursery rhyme things that I do. Well, you can't, and you then, won't be able to get anyone up tomorrow night. Well, I know, yeah, the stage will be <laughs> yeah. too big. But then it'll all come back to you. Yeah. But no, I've not really kind of like, I mean, don't forget, you see, where I'm very lucky is the experience I've had. I had to do a place in Manchester in 88, 89, 90, three years, uh, every Friday with the same crowd, Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon the Napoleon Inn, with three strippers on every Friday. There's about 200 fellas in the audience, all the lads from Manchester lads, all the Smithfield Market lads, they all came in, all the lads from the Technical College when they finished at one o'clock. We were there all afternoon, it was fantastic. And I had to work every week, every week for three years, basically doing different material because the lads are there the week before, but just picking on people all well, the time. Uh, is that how you kind of developed your craft, would you say? Oh yeah, there's a lot of routines that I'm doing now. Um, I'll, I'll mention one, you know. Well, I can't really because people are seeing me no tomorrow. Problem. I'm not mentioning a routine, but there are certain structures in my act. If I say, see that guy over there, imagine if this happened and that happened, yeah, yeah. that guy over there. There are things that I experimented on when I was resident in the Napoleon Inn in Manchester every Friday afternoon. And the, the experience of doing it was invaluable. And now I can use that every time. What, I, what or, kind of know, like years were you doing this Napoleon Inn thing? Well, three years, I've done it, 89, 90 and 91. So about 32, 33 years ago. Fill me in about, a lot of people will say that, you know, there's rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester and, yeah. and, and oh, you know, you couldn't go, a scouser couldn't go down to Manchester and get on stage and all yeah. the rest of it. Um, how did you find it? Like, was you know, obviously you developed your craft there and, and how did it come about that yeah. you were there all the time? Well, Every Friday's a bit random, like especially a scouser being in Manchester, fill us in. It's something I really don't understand. I know there's always been a lot of a rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester over the football, but I've studied this. I watched documentaries on a TV and read books and things. The real rivalry came from Liverpool was the port. Manchester um, manufactured goods with the cotton that came in from Liverpool. Okay. The Liverpool merchants made 
the Manchester businessman Miller's the um, pay through the nose okay. to get the cotton from Liverpool docks. So there's a lot of resentment that went on for a long time. That's the reason that Manchester built the Manchester Ship Canal. So they didn't have to pay the duty to Liverpool for getting the cotton that was coming across from America. Okay. So they built the, uh, the Manchester Ship Canal so ships could come down the Mersey instead of docking at Liverpool, went to Ellesmere Port, went along a canal for 20 miles right into the middle of Salford, into the middle of Manchester, and unloaded the cotton. They didn't have to pay any taxes or dues to Liverpool. But then Liverpool resented the fact that Manchester had kind of gone behind their backs and there's been a lot of rivalry. Is that and why they're called woollybacks? It's because of the dockers used to carry these kind of like bales of... Um, Kind of if like anyone doesn't, if anyone on doesn't know, you might not have any idea if you're not from Liverpool. Scousers call people from outside Liverpool, Woolybacks, particularly yeah. the outskirts, woollybacks. You any idea on that? Yeah, the, the, the dockers used to carry bales of cotton on the backs and somebody, it looked like wool was falling off <laughs> on the shoulders and things. Okay. But for some reason, a lot of the guys that worked on the docks that carried the wool on the backs, they came from... St. Helens and Wigan and places used to come into the city to work. So they used to sell us a woolly back, you know. Okay. The outsider. Yeah, but I know what you mean. There's been an awful lot of rivalry between... There's rivalry, as I've, I've said before, between every city in Britain. So why why did you manage to get down to... Why were you in Manchester in the first place? Well, I was in Manchester in the first place because when I first started working in the clubs, Liverpool, as rough as it, as rough as it, rough as it can be, the club scene in the late 70s, early 80s was very kind of Catholic in a way. You know, you couldn't go into a Catholic club and start swearing. Don't forget I was a blue comedian. Yeah. A lot of the conservative clubs, British legions, and a lot of Liverpool people, some of them anyway, they didn't really like bad language. It's like old Lancashire Liverpool. Well, not old Lancashire, a lot of Irish here, isn't it? There's yeah. a bit of a mixture, but they're a bit of a, in some ways a strange... Reaction you used to get, people didn't like you swearing and they go, excuse me, mate, my daughter's here and all that. Yeah, but yeah. when I went to Manchester, I got the shock of my life because they didn't give a fuck. They loved you swearing. Mm. They liked it. And although a lot of comics, the kind of like a few years, that had been working a few years before me, wouldn't work in Manchester. Basically, no Liverpool comic at one stage would go to Manchester because they'd have a bad time, they'd be booed and... Because they were a scouser. Because they were a scouser, they mm -hmm. ran into trouble. When I first went to Manchester, I was just a sensation, to be honest with you. Mad? In the 80s. Go on. The lads, any of the Manchester lads, the lads love me, you know. It's not Frankie, Frankie's on. <laughs> and I think what it was, because I never went with the attitude that I was afraid of them. Yeah. You know, basically, I'm going into the enemy camp, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like John Wayne on a horse mm. in a movie. He's a cowboy. And... Any cowboy that goes into an Indian reservation mm. would be slaughtered, be shot with bows and arrows. Okay. But John Wayne used to get on his horse and he'd just ride in as though he didn't give a fuck. He'd ride, ride and nobody would do anything. Yeah. Ride straight up to the chief and go, hey. Yeah. So everyone respected him. Okay. And I think with me, because I took the aggression to them, straight away jumped on stage, who the fuck's that? Look at the head on him. Mm. Then they forgot to, about the Liverpool and Manchester rivalry 
and they just savoured the moment and they rolled with it. They went with it. And Manchester people have got a fantastic sense of humour. They love blue comedy. They love people being picked on and they love the language. And I was just, I just took off in Manchester. So Phil, yeah. Phil is in about that. So you, you end up in the Napoleon Inn, which yeah. is what, what does that look like in Manchester? Is it a little pub? No, no, it was a kind of cabaret club in the in the week at the weekends. Yeah, they'd have kind of like stars on, you know, or semi stars. There was the Redcoats Experience, who was a big band around Manchester in the eighties. He was always on there and um, screaming, Lord, such all these crazy people used to come and do shows at the weekend. But on a Friday afternoon, John Kelly, who ran ran it. Used to put uh, shows on for the lads. The what three did it strippers. look like when there was like strippers in that day? Fill us in, like fill, anyone who's listening or watching, whatever. Yeah. Fill them in on the environment. It's well, a look, fri- it's a Friday afternoon. It's quite sad, really. When a lot of younger people are watching this now, yeah, younger people, you would have loved <laughs> the fucking eighties and the seventies, the nineties. Fucking hell! I mean, you'd go in everywhere you went in. Yeah was heaving like New Year's Eve. You couldn't get a seat. The room would be full of smoke. Mm. Um, and everywhere you went, everyone was just having a laugh. Everyone was getting pissed. People would be knocking off work. So everyone had money, finishing work at one o'clock on a Friday. And not just Liverpool or Manchester, Leeds, everywhere in the country. People just went on the ale. Yeah. Just went drinking. And like some would go home at six o'clock, seven o'clock if you're pissed, others would stay out. That was just a way of life. Like a culture thing. Yeah. And it was a kind of a working class thing. I remember once there was three strippers on with me on the Napoleon Inn. And uh, and this was in Manchester. There was about 200 lads in the room and the police came in. There was this uh, police commander, whatever he was, you know, with the hat on and all that and they just come in like a walk through yeah walking through you know was it like legal then to have like strippers and all that yeah it's always okay. been kind of legal yeah. it depends on the local council okay. if the local council allow it you can have it but they weren't coming in you know after the strippers or whatever or yeah. after me or whatever they were just coming in they used to do it everywhere every club and every pub used to get a walk through the police would just walk through six or seven of them walk in one door walk out the other, just to make sure, you know, there was no drugs just and there was no trouble, basically. just showing themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. and things. Anyway, it was dead funny, because we're in this club, I'm on stage, this police come in, he was like like a chief constable, you know, one of the like, scrambled egg things on his head and a big stick, and he walked in and all that. And all of a sudden, all the lads went, get out, get out. Yeah. <laughs> and I just heard this thing, get out. And in the end... He walks through and they just started the helicopters then. Yeah. In Merseyside in Manchester. So I was on the mic, so I had to say something. So I said, you know, to this cop, you're all right, mate. Are you looking for the helicopter? Yeah. It's just landed. It's in the backyard. And everyone was laughing. Yeah. And they're all singing out, out, out. So that's just the way it was. It's very different now. You couldn't do that now. But, you know, the police didn't kick off. They kind of went with... Went along with it as a joke, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they give you a lot of leeway. They weren't bothered, you Because they understand that was the best that thing to do That was the way things were. But no, it was I'm 30 cu- years ago. I'm curious about, like, look, I've never been, been in a situation where it's a Friday afternoon 
and there's a comedian on with three strippers, have you just said? Yeah, well, I've been on with six strippers, seven strippers. <laughs> well, what the fuck does that you look know, like? That's what I'm curious about. Well, it's funny because the only way that I could describe it is like watching a movie about, you know, like somebody who's broken out of jail in Turkey and he's hiding this place. Don't forget, the whole room was full of thick smoke. Everybody was smoking. Young lads, how old are the lads in there? 20 to 40, really. Okay. Yeah, just workers, more or less. Yeah, okay. and you never got any birds there. You know, it was yeah. just all fellas. And fellas were sitting in little groups and things. And uh, you might get a little bit of trouble, somebody kicking off, or one table kicks off on another table. But it just all created this great atmosphere. And uh, I just remember going on stage at the Napoleon Inn once. I've been on and... Uh, I think you were a baby. I think it was 89, 90. I think you're only like one or two or whatever. And we were always watching, when you were a kid, we were always watching um, Rosie and Jim. Mm. And uh, Fyme and Sam and all these things. I just walked out on stage and I was so confident then. I really didn't care, you know. So instead of opening up with a gag, yeah, I just got the mic and it was like all these lads there full of smoke. And I went, someone's got you in a jam. Hurry, hurry, Feynman, sir. <laughs> He's always on time. And this fella shouted, get on with it. <laughs> and I shouted, fuck off, you horrible fucking pervert. <laughs> Everyone's just pissing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Then another time, as I say, I used to go on. Just You could just do anything at all. And the more you savage people. And there was a fella there called Bolton Bob. Yeah. And <laughs> huge bald head with these eyes. He was like the fish man off Stingray. <laughs> and he was about 60. He used to be sitting in the crowd. Yeah. I used to give him a fiver every week because <laughs> I could concentrate a lot on my act on Boat and Bob. I'd get him up on stage and say, oh, Bob, and what have you been up to? And he go, where do you live, Bob? I live on my own. I live in Bolton. Oh, you live in Bolton, dear? Where do you live? I've got a bed sit in Bolton. Have you got like a kitchen? I've got a little cooker. And I, what kind of cooker is it, Joe? Uh, what kind of cooker is it, Bob? And he go, it's a, it's a baby bell. A baby. There was a, a cooker called a baby bell something. Yeah. And I, I go, and I say a bell end. <laughs> what are you fucking on? This is perversion. It's the baby. No, yeah. it's the cooker. It's the cooker. And all the lads were fucking pissing themselves. Yeah. It was a bit daft, you know. Yeah. And it was great. So because of Bolton Bob, I managed to stay there really about 18 months longer than I should have done because I'd exhausted every type of material. I'd picked on people till I couldn't pick on them anymore. You know, I mean, different things had happened in the club while I was there. You know, fellas had come in trying to drag this sort of fella out and fucking stab him and things. And then fella collapsed in front of me. I had like this convulsion and he, and they were trying to give him the kiss of life. There's loads of things that happened. So this has been fantastic experience for me, but it's sad in a way. You know, the young kids now, lads in the 20s and 30s, they're like glued to the phones, glued to computers, and uh, things were a lot better, more exciting just a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, you keep saying just a few years ago. That's like 35 years ago. Yeah, but it was hilarious. I mean, the other thing is, you know, you'd get comedians. I used to go to a lot of places myself before there was a comic. There was always comedians in the 70s and 80s on every show in every club all over the north of England. and But they all got heckled. They got heckled like crazy. Okay. I remember seeing this comedian on stage and he come out and he went, 
And this was in the MA club, the Merseyside Arsenal Club in Liverpool when I started. And this was a Sunday afternoon thing full of smoke with strippers on. He used to book a comedian there every week. And he came out and he went, I went into the tailors today. And straight away, a little fella jumped up and said, is that where you got that suit from, you stupid looking cunt? Fuck off. He just had to walk off. That's the way things do you were. Think, do you think it adds to comedy to be heckled? Oh, yeah. Like, in the, in the comedy clubs and that now, you're not allowed to, to heckle. That's, like, kind of, yeah, like, well, one of the things. Well, what it's gone, like, the comedy, I'm trying to kind of revive a lot of the old ways back. And as I've said before, because of the woke brigade, because of the PC, because of the law now, people haven't got the freedom of speech that they used to have just a few years ago. You're kind of, like... When you're doing your act, you're walking, tiptoeing through a minefield of things. There's something that you might say this week, next week, could be illegal. Yeah. They keep moving the goalposts. So you can be very, very careful what you say. Having said that, it reminds me so much of the way that football has gone in, in this country. Well, during the 60s and 70s, there was fantastic players, hard players like Tommy Smith. Yeah. Alan Clark, yeah. Peter Osgood that played for Chelsea. And what would happen if there was you're a great out, player? Are you missing out Johnny Morrissey there? You're talking about hard players. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Johnny Morrissey, of <laughs> yeah. course. Johnny Morrissey that played for Everton. And he was a hard player like Tommy Smith. And what these players used to do, what uh, they could never do now, they'd never be able to play now. If anybody got the ball and they were having a great game and all, they'd slide tackle them, take the ball off them, not deliberately injure them, they slow them down. You they know, give I as good as they got. They give as good as they got. Yeah. And they were hard players. And some of the tackles that they put in now, they'd be read. They, they, some of the tackles that Alan Clark, Johnny Morrissey, Tommy Smith, Peter Osgood, all these players, some of the tackles they put in during the 70s and 80s, they'd be red carded now. Okay. Because the way soccer is, the way football is now, it's virtually no contact, isn't it, really? More or less, yeah. It's a non-contact sport. You never see the tackles. You never see the dribbling. Players trying to dribble around each other and take the ball off each other because one of them would fall on the floor straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the way it's gone. It's a no contact. And it does favour some teams. But really, that's the way comedy's gone, where you're very restricted about what you can say. You're very restricted. You know, you could say something to someone in the crowd and they could say, oh, he just said something about me. I, I, I'm I, I'm going to complain. People could complain to the management, complain to the police. You know, it's as though it's a crime, really, or bordering on being a criminal thing to be a comic now. Why do you think that is? Because of the way that the woke brigade, you know, we've seen the way that the PC brigade took over the Labour Party and they've taken over different facets, different types, you know, different ways of life and don't say this and don't say they can't say this. And people are afraid of them. People are afraid to speak up and say, hang on, what the fucking hell are you talking about? Well, just, he doesn't mind being called fat, you know. The fella's laughing his fucking head off. We're just having <laughs> yeah. a laugh. Now, the number of people that I pick on during my act and I savage them, I've never had anyone upset. I've never had anyone complain or cry or, oh, oh, yes, one moment. You said I was fat and I was sitting on two chairs. You are reinforcing prejudices against obese people. 
Yeah. This is driving me possibly to take my life up. I'll have to think about this. This is what the woke brigade wants. Yeah. But people I pick on, I've had fellas, huge fellas come up to me. <laughs> yeah. And I've gone, fucking hell. And they've gone, Frankie, I have never laughed so much in my fucking life when you were saying, you know, I'm not fucking... I said, what did you... When you said to me, and I don't even remember saying it, you said, you know, you, you've, you've ne- you haven't seen your dick for 20 years. You're that fat. Yeah. You need five mirrors to find your dick and a pair of tweezers. <laughs> yeah. Because it shrunk into your fucking body. And huge fellas that would fucking kill me yeah. in a fight. Yeah. I was just crying, laughing. It's funny, it's humour. And this is something that's been taken away from us by the PC Brigade. So do you welcome hecklers at shows? They, uh, to be honest with you, it, it, it depends. I mean, look, if somebody shouts out something clever at a show, yeah, great, I'll shout something clever back. If they carry on and carry on and carry on, then I'm not able to entertain the rest of the crowd. It just becomes a competition between them and me. Yeah. And people haven't paid to see that. Now, anyone can sit in the crowd. We had it in Middlesbrough. It did me a couple of years ago where a fella came in. It was mostly Norwich was the main one. Yeah, well, a fella came into Middlesbrough. and Clippy Club, Hartlepool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was four or five fellas sitting. And this fella was a prick. And he was shouting out, yeah, you're not funny, fuck off. Fuck. If somebody keeps shouting fuck off, what can you say to that? Mm. Now, I lost my temper with this prick in the end, remember? Yeah. And I said, hey, mate, shut up or I'll jump off the stage and I'll punch your fucking head in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is a weird one. Now, I've got to talk about this, yeah. right? Because you, and he shut up. You, you probably won't even remember this. Now, during the lockdown, right, the lockdown restrictions lifted where you could do, like, private shows, I think, and randomly, a friend of ours got in touch. I won't mention his name. Yeah. He's a great fella. His lad's a great fella. If you're watching this, shout out to YouTube, but I won't name you because of this story. And they say, do us a favor, Frank. Will you come down and do a show in an Italian restaurant okay. in Formby? That's right. Yeah? We've done this it, is yeah. during the, the lockdown periods yeah. and all yeah. the rest of it. Private show. So basically, we just went down, 20 lads. Now... Genuinely, because we have security at all the shows and everything's like bigger and better, and there's yeah. all tickets and fucking big production and all the rest of it. It's a poor comic, the whole shebang. There's never ever a kickoff, really. Touch wood. Was it in Blackpool tomorrow night? There's never really a kickoff at the show. Tell me what happens in the Italian restaurants. Go ahead. There was uh, 40 or 50 fellas. Less than that. 20, do you reckon? 20, I don't know. Great and great crowd and everything. But when we walked in, we were talking to a couple of guys at a bar. Straight away, this old fella, <laughs> probably not as you know, kind of like the same age as me, but he looked old. He was fucking, his hair was like bored grey and everything. His, his face looked dead old. He was horrible. He started being a bit weird with us, didn't he? Was he weird with you, wasn't with I you, don't think he was weird with me. With you, yeah. He, when you said hello or something, he wouldn't shake your hand or something. Okay. Don't remember he was at the bar. And he was just a prick. <laughs> and uh, I'm on stage. So I'm looking around, scanning the audience. When you say on stage, just to set the scene for you all, right? We just had this Italian meal and it was like friends of ours and other acquaintances that we didn't know. So it was like sound people. Everyone was being sound, scran laid on, yeah. boss day. Fantastic. People buzzing to be kind of like having a having a bevy in a scran because no one's been out the fucking house. Yeah. 20 people, got a tiny little PA system. My dad stands up, private show, just 20 lads. You're standing up, doing your thing on stage. You're scanning the room. Go on. 
Anyway, I saw this fella, he was at the back. So I looked over at him and said, hey, mate, you're not, because he's old. So I thought, hey, mate, you're not drinking whiskey, are you? And he said, why? I said, you'll see enough spirits next year, you dying bastard. When you get home, you'll collapse in the chair, there'll be blue bottles at the window, the coppers will have to kick the fucking door in and drag you away for a post-mortem and all that. So everyone's fucking pissing themselves. But this comes like kicking off. He didn't like it. Yeah. And then sometimes when fellas get a little bit, I instead of backing off, I'll go even further. And I said to him, not long now, mate. You know, I hope you go quietly and you fucking sleep. Why don't you go home and see if you could that and all that? So he didn't like it, so he kicked off. And he started like, I'll fucking do you then. Yeah, no, he kicked off like he, when we're saying he kicked off, yeah. So I'm I'm sat, like I'm sat here. So yeah. you're watching this sat here. Like, let's say me. My dad is where you are, where the camera is, and he's on stage. The fella's to my left, and you could just see him going like red face, couldn't you? And like you shouting yeah. back, like "You're not funny, you're not funny," yeah, all that. Yeah, and then next person. minute, he fucking stands up and starts like coming towards you, doesn't he? Oh, sorry, she thought. Oh, the lads had to face. grab him, yeah, <laughs> and lash him out. Well, the lad who organised the show, he stood up. I stood up, and strange because you're just going to another mode. Yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. Hang on, we're fighting here. Yeah, it was a fight situation. Just like somebody kicking off in a pub right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, You've got to yeah, deal yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. I thought, this is gone. We're yeah. fighting. Yeah. So he's kicking off and then this old fella shouting, somebody get the police, throw him out <laughs> and all this business. But he was up for it, as old as he was. Yeah. And then, if you remember this... I don't even reckon he was that old, you know. Yeah, this big lad. And you could see this guy was a handy lad, a tough lad. He just went, he was fuck at the off, back. yeah. He walked up to me and said, hey, mate... Get out, go fuck off, get out. And he went in the end. And then everyone just started singing, going home and all that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, he's just, I mean, but it makes you think, I've often wondered the wisdom of, because I've worked all my life without security. Yeah. Now, it was your idea to bring security in. A lot, obviously, we have a lot of security on the shows. I didn't think it was a must, but we've never had trouble. And the only show that we've done without security. We have trouble. So it made, made me think, I wonder if, you know, when people just see that there's... That's security, all it is. Deterrence. Deterrence. Deterrent, totally. So you're right again, 100%. You know, we should always, whatever it costs, pay for security. We don't want dickheads coming up to the stage. <laughs> now, we've been let down many times. Mm. Don't forget, we were in Carlisle. There was a table of fellas who were kicking off. And uh, being horrible, being funny, Jimmy Kilvington went on first and a fella jumped up on stage. Mm. I thought he was going to hit Jimmy. And then Jimmy was ready because Jimmy's like a tough lad. He's a boxer. He's a former pro boxer and he's a big lad. And uh, somebody filmed it, obviously, or we filmed it, and the video went viral. And it should have gone... It, I don't know what happened, but it, it, it kind of like got taken down. Something happened, but it never stayed up. But it would have been like a million seller. You know, it would have been a million. I think three, it got four a, half a mil or half a million. Or but it would have like gone to like, like mine did. It would have yeah. gone to like 20 million or something in the end because it was fantastic the way the fella jumped up. Jimmy was kind of dancing around in like Muhammad Ali <laughs> with footwork. Yeah. And the fella was trying to like suss out. You know, he didn't know. This is sometimes the fella, the fella wasn't sure himself whether to throw a punch. Yeah. He just, I thought this fella doesn't know it because Jimmy's got to measure him. So Jimmy's like moving, dropping his shoulder and things, ready to give him a terrible fucking left hook and knock him out. And in the end, the fella got on it. And then Jimmy came to the dressing room, said to me, this table's kicking off and all that. So I went on straight away. I have to kick off on the table to take try it to, to put them. them on the big. Take it to so them. In the, take it to them. So in the end, 
that was a, we had to get the whole table out. Yeah. But normally, you know, and, and again, if you remember, the crowd were all singing, going home, going mm. home, going home. And I was I was having to go with these lads, get back to your caravan, you're selling scrap and you scruffy <laughs> bastards and all that. Everyone yeah. was pissing themselves. It was yeah. funny, but they were out for trouble. Now, now and then, it doesn't matter where you are, I've had very high-class people, posh people, kicking off. Yeah. You'd be very surprised. Well, and that anyone... fellow was posh that we were talking about earlier, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a bit posh. You'd be surprised. Anyone who's works in security, any doorman out there, bouncers or whatever, anywhere in the UK, they'll be the first to agree with me. You just do not know who's going to kick off. Yeah. So you might see a fellow who's rough as fuck and he comes in, he looks like a fucking serial killer, but he might be as good as gold. Yeah. But you might get some fucking dickhead, looks like a stockbroker in a suit, that'll kick off, wants to fight everyone at the end of the night. It's just a drink. So this is where you've got to be careful. But thank God we've got good security now. We've been let down by security on a lot of shows where I don't know whether we didn't get them or the club got them in and uh, they've been very weak. And we've had to more or less, you know, that was the best one. The scary thing, just the scariest thing ever was when we were up in the Northeast, I won't mention the name of the place that we were in. And uh, I'm on stage bringing the house down couple of doormen were on the club supplied these doormen. This Scottish fella come in, pissed. Came in out the streets. I don't know how he got in without a ticket. Standing about six feet away from me, started kicking off. Mm. So I've got to, I mean, I've got to stand my ground with anybody who kicks off. You can't appear to be weak. You can't appear to say, oh, please don't hit me. Don't hit me, mate. I know the look of the size of you. I know you'd kill me. I've got, to, I've, I've got to kind of confront them and I, I've got to match whatever they come out with. Even when I'm on the stage, I become kind of a different personality, different persona. Although I'm not really like that in real life. On the stage, I am prepared to fight anyone. Mm. It might be a territorial thing where I think this is my territory. You know, if anybody approaches me on stage, and I've done it before, I bit fellas before they bit me. Fellas have bit me and or they tried to hit me and abduct and I put them in a headlock until a doorman come and grab them and take them away. So this Scottish fella's kicking off and he's going, hey, I'll punch your fucking head and I'll pull your face off. I said, fuck off, you dickhead, you cross-eyed swat. Where's this? Where, where's this? Where's it was going? in the northeast when they brought the fella up into the dressing room. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, the gaff. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so this fella's Easington. kicking off. So there's nearly a fight with me and the Scottish fella. The only reason there wasn't, I think, with me being a scouser, and I said, hey, mate, I'll see you in a minute, I'll punch your fucking head in. Mm. He backed off a little bit, he wasn't sure. He thinks to himself, okay, I'm pissed, I'm a nutter. This fella looks like a fucking nutter as well. So <laughs> he fucked off and everything was great. Then I walked up to the two security lads and saying, who's that Scottish fella? How did he get in? Oh, we don't know, we don't know. Fuck him off. Get him out of the fucking place. Oh, no, he's a friend of the bosses. He's so-and-so. He's Billy Bingo or something. <laughs> As though he's like Evander Holyfield. He's a big fucking star <laughs> yeah. around wherever the fuck we were yeah. in the northeast. Fucking, I don't, can't even remember the name of the place. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's uh, like a big fucking hard case. Everyone's frightened of him. I said, yeah, but we don't want him ruining the show. Yeah, he lashed the playing card that you had, didn't he? Yeah, lashed the playing card. I said, fuck him off, just get him out. You're working here, get him out. Mm. So uh, anyway, 
we go back up a half time after the interval. We went up the stairs to kind of like the dressing room and the living quarters of this club. So the next thing, we're standing there. The Scottish fella fucking comes in mm. with these two pricks who are dormant. No, well, you're saying pricks right there. You're saying that in a, you know, you're just using that term because you pissed off over the situation. Dorman was sound, if you remember. Well, all right, they were good lads. They were the lovely game. people. They were sound as. What you're saying is these two, they, 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 it was idiotic to bring him, bring him into the dressing room. It was silly. Yeah. And he brought him in. And I've had that a few times where they bring these fellas in. And I go, what are you doing? And the Scottish fellow went, oh, they're just saying to me, you know, about kicking off. And you could see he wanted to kick yeah, off. Yeah, 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 he was keen. But you know, he went, but, you know, I was just having a laugh. I said, okay, well, you know, you're going to be all right for a second half. I just don't want the show ruined, mate. So then he started getting argumentative again. But it's not me that's ruining the show. It's what you said to me. And I yeah. went, so fuck it up. Why did they bring him in the dressing room? Yeah, it's mad, that like Fucking crazy. That's happened an awful lot. So you've really got to watch yourself when you're in these fucking clubs. You know, as you say, it's great having security, but it's not a guarantee of safety. Yeah, it is a little bit safer, though, when we're doing theatre shows, which was always the goal and is actually happening. And I'm so pleased that it's happening. Uh, and it, I'm even more pleased, we, we, me and you were reading through ticket numbers, and Blackpool tomorrow night, mm. the amount of people that are there in comparison to the numbers of, of people that are at a usual show and also where they're from in the UK is mad. Like, I can't get my head around it. Like, I thought there was, like, 450 people there from Blackpool. They're from, like, Kilmarnock and Landudno and Sunderland and Newcastle and Ork. Ork. It's mad, that, isn't it? Well, obviously, the video went viral, so people have got a hook now. They go, they know Frankie Allen is, and they're looking. So anything else that came up, as you say, the content, they hook onto that. So they've been watching the vlogs, watching the podcasts. But it's strange, really. It's like any text message. It can go anywhere. I mean, I remember being in Kirby last year, and uh, a girl came in the club, and she said, in the Johnny Todd pub that was in, and said, Frankie, uh, my sister is coming home um, from Perth in Australia at Christmas. And she was asking me, she sent me a video of you, and she said, you know this fella, Frankie mm. Allen? And okay. she said, yeah, I know him very well. He comes in the, the pub. And she said, oh, yeah, she said, you know, they're going crazy about him in Australia in Perth. Now, you'd never believe that, would you? And she said to him, well, I'll introduce you to him when, when you come here at Christmas. I'll take you to Johnny Todd, and he's always in there. That's mad. That's you know, crazy, it's isn't it? It's giving me a good so, idea, that, to be honest. To be honest with you, yeah. You don't realise a, a, a video that goes viral, we've got 20 minutes, whatever, it's gone all over the yeah, UK. Yeah, but that's not why. There's, there's like five different videos. Like the video Knock That Dickhead Out has had more view, views on your Facebook page and on YouTube than the original one. Possibly. I think where we've been lucky as well is because my act, Picking On People, kind of appeals to everyone. Mm. We've had a lot of young people yeah. who go onto TikTok I mean, I had two school kids, me and my mate, young Dave, who's on a lot of the podcasts. Uh, we were in a cafe in West Derby in Liverpool, just sitting there, sitting outside, socially distanced, of course, uh, with our masks on. And uh, we were having a coffee. And these two lads walked past, two young boys, about 15, 16, in school uniform, school uniform shorts on. And a fellow came up to me, a young kid, and said, Frankie Allen. Mm. I said, yeah, I said, we can have a picture with you. And I went, whoa. How do you know me? 
And he said TikTok. Mad that. It's crazy, isn't it? Young kids. Cool though. It's cool. Well, it's cool. But I mean, we do. We must be doing something right. Must be popular. doing something right. So. North Pier Theatre, Blackpool, it's going to be sold out by tomorrow. And by the time you listen or watch this podcast, listen to or watch this podcast, it's uh, it's going to be all done and dusted. And I hope it's going to be a smash. You're talking about you're not nervous for it. I'm very, very slightly nervous only because we haven't done a show for six months. And, you know, you're out of practice. Not you out of practice. Yeah. I'm out of practice. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of, the whole format of the show, everything like that, things that, you know, would usually take for granted. I just want to make sure everything's right and I'm sure it will be done right. So are you excited? Look, I'm really looking forward to it like you couldn't believe. I mean, I'm going to swat up tonight on all my old material. Um, Everything's ready. I've, you know, I kind of start getting ready. As I say, and I said before on these podcasts, not working has actually been so devastating because when you work, I'm working in Blackpool tomorrow night, but the whole week, <laughs> yeah, I laugh at this so much because the whole week is not consumed by is anything. Tied up How? for me anyway. You do like an hour of going to put your suit in, or and, and... I've got to clean, get, go to the garage, make sure there's air in the tires. Okay, ten minutes. Check the oil and water. I've got to put gas in the car, petrol. Okay. I've got to get go to the car wash. Makes if I don't clean the car inside, okay. you start moaning. You know, so all that kind of stuff okay. I have to do: get my suit ready, pick it up from the cleaners, okay. or press it, iron it, go through my scripts, um, be prepared, work out the routes, the routes I'm going to take, and so it takes like a few days. Interesting, because I've just counted it, and it takes three hours, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> So three hours out of Frankie's week, that's what I was changed. You just love working that much. That's I just the key, love working, it? yeah. So before we go, a couple of things that I want to ask you about. Liverpool, Narcos, um, yeah. heavily influenced by good friends of ours. Shout out to Emil Coleman, legend. Yeah, and, the uh, Liverpool he, Narcos. Yeah, it was, was on, on Sky last Documentaries night. last night. Go on, fill us in. Um, I mean, it was great. And uh, obviously people from out of town who didn't know uh, Michael Showers and a lot of the people that were on there last night probably be amazed and it's fascinating for them. But to, to me and to yourself and to a lot of people, a lot of scousers and things, um, what they're seeing really on the TV is only the tip of the iceberg about what goes on in the city and what's gone on over the last few years. I mean, I could write a book myself, you know, about things that have happened to me, different situations and trouble around the clubs and you know a different so it, it was entertaining but doesn't tell kind of like the full story obviously just like that guy said i don't know what he was doing on it was cockney guy on yeah what was his game on it i didn't get that i don't know why i he reckon was on. They, i reckon they, they must unveil him in a future episode of like i don't know who he is because i don't know him nah, I, wasn't no, I, know, I know everybody in liverpool that's kind of like high profile all high-profile families and individuals and whatever. I know them all. They're all friends of mine. So, you, so did you know everyone in that episode last night? I knew everyone in the episode, yeah. apart from the Cockney guy. I've never seen him before. Never in my life, no. So I don't know whether he was kind of brought in. What you've got, you see, what, what, what people do forget about when they're making these documentaries, a lot of people would be very reluctant to go on yeah. and talk about importing drugs, selling drugs and whatever, especially if they're active. Yeah. You know, you're, you're bringing attention to yourself, aren't you? 
So it must be difficult to get people to go on. Even people like like Michael Showers, who are kind of like, obviously he's not active now. He, mm. he, he's This was 20, 30, 40 years ago when he was jailed and when he was working. He's, he Obviously he's, he's, he's just, you know, a normal citizen now. But it must be difficult even to get people to talk about crimes they committed years ago. You know, majority of people would say, look, I've turned over a new leaf now. I'm not interested. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody who was doing something, you know, staggeringly kind of like making millions doing this and important stuff, who'd go on TV and talk about it for an hour? You may as well phone the police and tell them what you're doing. Yeah, I know what you're saying about now, but a lot of the people who are on there obviously have, have changed their ways and they were in a, they're in situations well, now. Well, and where... it's nice to see. I mean, Michael Showers, I don't think I've met him. I know him. He comes across as a nice guy and uh, he's got a brother, Delroy Showers. Nice family. So, yeah, I'm surprised actually that he went on. Obviously, I don't know. It was cool, though. If anyone's not seen it, it is fucking cool. You want to check it out. Sky Documentaries, it's on Now TV. There's three shows, Heroin, Ecstasy, Cocaine. I've only watched the Heroin one with Michael Showers. Uh, Apparently, I'm going to love the second one because some of my friends are in it Where you've got to be careful, you see. A lot of people get taken in by the glamour of TV. Now, I could go on. You could say, oh, Frankie Allen, Frankie, tell me about, you know, interview. What happened the time that you got filled in and things? And then what happened after that? Now, if I went on and told a story for about half an hour, I'm leaving myself open, aren't I? You know, to kind of like, you're kind of like blowing yourself up, grassing yourself up. So who wants to do that? So obviously people would be very reluctant. Yeah, but I think it was it was also, in a way, and you'll know this from the first episode, yeah. there wasn't, like, people said what's out there, but no one said, like, anything bangers. No one said anything bangers. No one's going to say anything to get themselves in <laughs> trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just yeah. hoping that you'll kind of read between the lines. Now, here's a good example. I think... Um, I think it was the boxer. It may not be so don't sue me. It could be another boxer, but I know it was a boxer. Um, and John A. Stracy, former welterweight world champ, very good friend of mine. He's an East End Cockney lad, lives up here now, and he's a good mate of mine. And he told me, he said, you've got to be careful, you know. I'd done a little bit of TV stuff for uh, Central Television a few years ago. He said, you've got to be careful what you say on the TV. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, so-and-so. He mentioned this boxer's name, who's a very well-known boxer in England, he said he went on uh, through the keyhole mm. and he was walking around, this is my house and this is my pool, this is my car <laughs> yeah. and everything on the TV. The next thing is the, the, the Inland Revenue investigating. Fucking hell. You know, because you're digging a hole for yourself. Yeah. By saying things. Well, the Inland Revenue will be investigating you. You just said, look at me fridge. It's got fuck all in it. House tour. Well, I, I haven't <laughs> earned any money for fucking 18 months on my house. So, you know, I've just been living on my savings. I've got fuck all. But I mean, as I say, but you'd, you'd never think you could say, say you're doing very well. You'd go like this guy did. Oh, yeah, I'll go on there through the keyhole. Mm. And you've got, and it was a few years ago, and you've got that Lloyd Grossman walking around. Yes, David has a magnificent swimming pool and he has his own pool to, to snook a table and he has a grounds and the, he's got two cars. One's a Ferrari who lives in a house like this. People from the Inland Revenue watch the shows. <laughs> and they go, hang that. on a minute, just check. This prick's just fucking sent us a thing saying that he earned 50 quid last year. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? 
and he got done. Anyway, check out that uh, Liverpool Narcos programme. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. You need to get on it and check out the tour dates for Frankie Allen. They will be below in the description um, or the link in, in the bio or wherever you see this. There'll be a fucking link somewhere anyway. Come to a live show. Let's have a laugh. Let's bring some cheer back to 2021 after we've all been you know, on a bit of a downer and locked up and locked down and all the rest of the shit that's been going on. And it's positive onwards and upwards, isn't it? It's onwards and upwards. Thank God it really does look as though we're going to be, you know, by the 21st of June, you'll be walking around, shopping, going on a piss, doing what you fucking want, getting the bus everywhere, getting taxis. You, it'll just be, you, you'll wake up one morning, you walk out and you'll think it was 1987. You love 1980s, don't you? I love the 80s. You'd be <laughs> you walking out thinking, fucking hell, is this 1990? Yeah. You'd really think it was, but no, it's 2021. It's just that everything's going to be lit. Isn't it weird the way we've all got used to kind of like being in restricted space? I mean, I was in a cafe last week when they kind of like, or a couple of weeks ago, when they said, oh, you can sit inside a cafe. Sit in a cafe with me, mate Dave. I'm just sitting there having a coffee. Felt very weird. Yeah. Because we weren't outside. And we weren't distanced and, you know, it seems strange. But obviously we'll get used to it. So just keep our fingers crossed everything's going to be okay. Okay, so the boat is rowing again. It's time to shine. Frankie Allen live at Blackpool Theatre this Saturday. It's going to be amazing. On the next podcast, we'll tell you how it went. All the tour dates are in the link in the description. If you want a memo off Frankie, you can do the same. If you want to support the channel, do the same. If you have been listening to this, be sound. Give us a five-star review. We will shout that out in the future podcast. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumb up, subscribe to the channel and comment below. Give us your thoughts on the podcast, anything you want us to talk about in future podcasts or any topics that you want us to discuss. We're keen. And if you want us to bring guests on, let us know. We want to know who those guests are. We'll get them in. We know fucking everyone, don't we, Frank? So We know everybody. <laughs> we can get any guests in in the UK, any former football or boxer. Any fucking, anybody you want, really, we can get them on here. Any gangster, we can get them on <laughs> hey. to speak. If you want to see, who do you want to see? And if there's any birds watching, I've warned you before, keep away from my son. He's got a bird. If there's any birds there who might be looking for a few fucking quid looking at me, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want a fucking bird. Nice one. I've had not to put bad luck with birds. I don't want to know them. Keep away from me. Go ahead, give them a big fingers to the camera. Where is it? Birds, any birds looking at me? Don't be sad. The birds have been sending me messages trying to get them. Fuck off. Nice <laughs> <laughs> one. On that note, peace out, people. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We'll see you on the next one. Any last words, Frank? Yeah. Any bird who comes on to me, <laughs> you're not going to get a fucking holiday in Greece or Spain. You're not going to get me to buy you a fucking car or take you to town for a meal. Now keep away from me. I think we might have to believe that last bit. In a bit, people. Nice one. See you later.